Welcome to Bear and Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the editor of that fine website, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, same movie, different day. The Bears lose to the Packers. Uh, it looked like we might get a different result, but the end result was what we are so familiar with. How did you take in the game? All the years I've been watching Bears and Packers, right? I think this may have been the one where I wasn't quite as upset at the loss. Hmm. And because I have the big picture in mind here, I was rooting for a win. You know, I know there are a lot of fans that wanted the loss. They were rooting for a loss. I was rooting for a win. Uh, The way I look at the whole tank situation is I'm a fan, so I'm rooting for my team. But the silver lining, if they do lose, I get that. You know, it helps the draft position. My rooting interest doesn't affect the game one way or the other. So why would I sit here and root for an L? And then if they win, then am I upset? Am I sad my favorite team won? Like I wanted it for them to lose. It's just a weird thing. So I'm rooting for wins. I get the big picture. So I wasn't upset at the loss, especially with the way the offense and Justin Fields played. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of that scene in Tommy Boy where he's he gets the the waitress to go back and get the wings, you know, like, are you sure that grill's cold, uh, closed, right? And he goes into the whole thing. And David Spade's like, you know, why'd you, how'd you do that? Whatever. And he's like, Hey man, if it didn't work out, we got that half a pizza back in the hotel room. <laughs> right. Like, hey man, like if it doesn't work, we still got the half a pizza. Hey, if it doesn't work, we still got the higher draft position. Exactly. A good way to look at it. We'll get into a little bit of more of the, the tank mentality, or at least what you need to know for that. I'm going to have a little bit of information on that coming up, nice. but first we are going to do our trench tribute like we do because football starts up front. Trench Tribute this year is being sponsored by our friends at Portillo's $100 gift card every single week, plus a personal handwritten note from me, uh, which is worth at least five cents. Um, so, you know, it, it's $100 plus whatever value you put on that note. Give us your player of the week wherever you get your bear and balance. 2ndcitygridiron at gmail.com is our email address. Put it on the tweet, put it on the YouTube put it on the Facebook, put it on the article at Windy City Gridiron. Wherever that is, you get entered in the drawing, and then Lester sends me a note, says pick a number, and I do a random number generator. Been doing it for a while. Works out pretty well. Am I going first this week, or are you? Uh, I, I think I'm first this week. All right, hit and, it. And I thought the Bears' offensive line had one of their better games. Obviously, there were no sacks allowed this week, which is the first time since... I looked it up yesterday. I forget what it was. I think it was three years. Um, long time. So wow. hasn't happened in a while. It might have been two years. It's on my tweet. Find an Ed Wiltfong GR somewhere out there uh, in, in the Twitterverse. But they all did pretty good on the O-line. But I'm going to go with Alex Leatherwood. <laughs> it was just 10 snaps, okay? But 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 I was impressed with what he did in his 10 snaps. And I'm actually going to do a little uh, a little uh, film breakdown on Second City Gridiron here coming up this week. Uh, so I actually had a chance to go through and watch his stuff. And I mean, I, he didn't make any mistakes. He didn't really stand out negatively. There were a couple plays where if I was going to be a harsh grader, I probably could have done something. But But honestly, overall, through his 10 reps, I can't complain. That's what I had written down because I I think it's pretty fun for a guy to uh, come in in that, in that way. It looks like we're going to get some more reps from Leatherwood. He's going to continue to work his way in. We heard that from coach Eberflus today. And so that that's something to keep in mind here, but you know, this is a, this is a first round draft pick that was cut 
for, after having a pretty rough year last year in, in Las Vegas. We're awful, being honest, yeah, right? bad year. Uh, gets cut, and Bears are the only team to claim him. This is a first-round pick, right? This is a guy that has the pedigree. Bears are the only team to put a claim in. Bears assume his salary, so it's a little bit of a risk, right? But again, if you claim him, then you get him. If you don't, then you would have to fight for the rest of the teams that are going to try to put him on the practice squad, whatever, and he can choose where he wants to go. Bears want to try to add talent. They do so, but by doing so, that means they have to have him on the active roster. He comes in and almost immediately gets sick. It comes out with mono, right? Mono, yeah. So that's a tough illness. Like, you know, you don't, that's, it's pretty random and it's tough to come back from. So, especially as an offensive lineman, if you lose some weight, right, you got to get back up to playing shape. So he does, he works into the new system. He's on the active roster. You know, he's, he's inactive most games. And then here it is. He gets an opportunity. He gets a few reps and looks like he's earned that right to continue to get those reps. Just that story to me, deserves a trench tribute because you are showing that you are working through whatever the heck happened in Vegas. Like what, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. As far as I'm concerned with Alex Leatherwood, let's bring him over here. It's a, it's a fresh canvas. It's a fresh start. Let's build from these 10 reps. Like you said, you didn't see any mistakes. I didn't either. Maybe nothing's blowing you off the page yet, but again, start him in slow, build some confidence here in the last month of the year and come in next year to see if he can compete for one of those five jobs on the offensive line. When you look at what, how he was drafted, he was a first-round pick. A lot of analysts thought he was overdrafted, and, and that, that's probably fair. I mean, obviously, his, the talent was there at Alabama. Uh, he was a left tackle in Alabama. He went to Las Vegas. He went to the right side, right tackle, right guard. A lot of times, these guys just can't flip sides. A lot of times, it takes these guys a few years before they can really you know, settle in with a, with a new technique on, on, on the right from the left. So, you know, I thought he'd go back to the left side when the Bears claimed him. I thought maybe the future at left guard, I thought maybe a good fit for him there. Um, you know, but the Bears, uh, they see him as a right tackle, it seems. So a whole another year of working at the right side, you know, he was there last year, he was there again this year. Maybe he's getting more comfortable. Maybe the technique is starting to set in. You know, we, we talked about it. it's like, you know, everything is opposite. You know, he's not used to doing things on the right side. It just takes some time. So if he could be the guy moving forward, I mean, the, the talent's there. The athleticism is there. You know, his athleticism in his 10 reps showed up. There was, I think, the very first rep he had, he kind of checked inside, and he still had the quickness to get outside to cut off the edge rusher. So it's like, you know, we haven't seen that from a Bears right tackle this season. You know, someone able to kind of do the, the inside check and then get out. He did it. I like what I saw from Leatherwood in his few reps. And like you said, he's in it. Keep doing it. So let's let's keep building off that. Yeah, I mean, it's a drop of water in, into an ocean, right? Like, that's not enough to make any kind of determination. We will see what we can uh, gather from the last four games. You hope that he gets increased amount of reps throughout the last four games. Good learning, learning opportunity for him. It is one of the few things that we can learn about this Bears football team in the last four weeks of the year that we haven't learned already. And so this is an exciting development. Let's move on to the tweet of the week. Uh, you are starting off with uh, some familiar, a familiar name. Some positivity. Sylvie is, is our guy at Waddle and Sylvie. Uh, he had a tweet. You can choose to be upset. Losing to the Packers sucks. And it wasn't the finish Fields wanted. But I'm telling you, Fields is going to take the Bears places, places we as Bears fan base have not seen in years. 
and he'll remember today as a valuable teaching moment. And I think that's something we have to understand the way where this team is. They're three and ten. We 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 know the big picture here. We know what's happening here. But I'm excited about Justin Fields next season. I'm excited to see what he can do with a revamped O-line with, you know, better receivers around him, another year in the system, a better defense to where that, you know, when he's putting up 30 points, they're not giving up 35. So I'm excited for the future. And yeah, maybe I have been the same way a few years past the, the Mitch Trubisky, you know, uh, mirage that we all saw. We were all excited a little bit for that. You know, there's been some, some Jay Cutler years, you know, Rex Grossman, obviously we all had some hope here, but just feels different, man. He's just so electric as a, as a football player. The passing was a little better this last week. He was, what, 20 of 25. So I'm excited. And I think uh, with, with, Sylvie, with, with what Sylvie says here, you know, we're all excited as a fan base. Again, this is the this is checking the big box that we put on the checklist at the beginning of the year was, is Justin Fields a guy? And, and we're feeling like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like he has done everything that we can reasonably ask for. Now the goalposts continue to get moved around on Justin Fields and this and the Chicago Bears team. I think it's lack of imagination or lack of column inches. Once you once you answer the question and you still have six, seven weeks of the year left, what do you do? Well, you move the goalpost so that you can ask more questions and you can try to get more information. That's it is what it is. You're just going to have to live with the fact that there are some columnists and, and some reporters that are going to do that. It's not what we're doing, right? We we feel like we we feel pretty good. We're trying to focus on other aspects of the roster to try to squeeze out some answers with the final few games. But I think that that's, that's right. It is what it is. You don't want to lose the Packers. You don't want to listen to that number 12 guy talk about how it's a second home and all that BS. And like, no, I, I don't have any interest in that either. But Big picture, like this was hopefully the final time we have to deal with that crap. And we're going to move on to a new era here. I think we've, Justin Fields has shown enough that we're going to see a much different football team going forward. Just to remind you, the Bears are spending more on players that don't play for the Chicago Bears on defense than they are for Bears that, uh, players that are playing for the Chicago Bears on defense this year. They have the most cap, cap space in the league set for next year. And number two isn't even close. Like they have a ton of money. Justin Fields excitement level is very high. So you would imagine that a lot of free agents are going to be pretty excited to come to Chicago because one, they're going to get paid and two, they're going to get to play with Justin Fields. And that does matter because, and you're going to be in a big market. And so that, that matters because you're going to get a lot of primetime games, which means you're going to get more notoriety, which means you have a better opportunity to make more pro bowls, and make more money down the line. That is what it is. This is a business for these guys too, right? They, yes, they love the game, but it is a business. And at the end of the day, these are good business decisions. And if there's any agents worth their salt, they're going to be pushing their players to go play with Justin Fields. So I think that long run, you got to be pretty happy about what you've seen. Yeah, I'm excited. So uh, how about you? What's your uh, tweet this week? I got a two-parter. This is from Jonathan Wood. Everybody knows Jay Wood yeah, on yeah. Twitter. Um, so he he laid it out. Bears ran 15 plays inside Green Bay's 30 yesterday. They only let Fields throw it on four of them. Third and nine, which was a scramble. Third and 24, okay. Uh, completion short of the sticks, which, you know, third and 24. Uh, first and 10, a screen to Montgomery. And third and nine, interception down nine with 40 seconds left, which kind of scrubbed that one off the books. Second part of that, our friend Brenda Weber at Brenda J. Weber 
she was actually replying to a very similar comment, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm putting them together. Uh, she says, exactly, except I am blaming Getsy for those drives and the loss. And I wanted to bring up a little bit like, what happened here? Like, this was, uh, I titled this, Scared Money Don't Make Money. Yeah. Uh, and that is what happened, in my opinion here. The Bears had a lead. Like, they were winning this football game. And then they started to play like they were scared and they were, they, they clammed up. This is not the actions of a team that is not a good football team and is an underdog. You're up in a game, you're playing with house money. Go for it, man. Like, play your game score points and try to put this team away they didn't do it they allowed green bay back in the game and they got put away late there was some talk about tanking that you know that was of course the big talk on social media oh the bears are tanking on purpose here they're blowing the game on purpose i, I just never bought that no. we've seen luke getsy get conservative several times this year that's just who he is. I think he understands who his team is. He knows that what he has there. Yes, you want to see him put the ball in Justin Fields' hands as much as possible. You want to see him make plays. But the other part of this is Justin Fields is coming off that shoulder injury. You know, he 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 tried to play last week. Of course, that he went cleared. He was cleared this week to play. I just think that at some point during the game planning, the coaching staff said, "Hey, we're going to try and limit Justin Fields' hits as much as possible. You know, we're not going to do as many designed runs." I think he had maybe three in, in the first half, and I can't think if he had any at all in the second half. So I think maybe they decided they're going to limit some of his runs. They were going to try and be conservative to a fault, and that's kind of what we saw there. And like I said, ultimately it worked out for the Bears because the offense still looked good in spurts. They still keep that high draft pick in play here. So, you know, what are you going to do? I think they just want to be safe and smart with the quarterback. Yeah, I just think that you're going to have to change that approach here. <laughs> like yes, you are. I mean, again, okay, nothing matters this year, whatever. But it, at some point, that that stuff's got to get thrown out. You got to learn your lesson from that because, again, you had a team on the ropes, you got to finish them, and you end up losing by two scores. You end up losing mm -hmm. by nine points, right? So you, you got these opportunities. You got to take them. Kyle Santos didn't look very good yesterday. Yeah. It was kicking weird. Like there was just something about the release off the foot that wasn't looking right yesterday. And you kind of just acted like he was nails, right? And he wasn't. So you're not taking in that factor either. So, uh, you know, a little bit, they kind of got what they deserved in, in a lot of ways um, from that. Let's uh, let's move on to the stats caught up in a numbers game. What did you have for a number this week? For my number, it kind of goes along with the, with the offense, how it's been clicking here. And my number is 45.09%. And that is the Chicago Bears third down percentage this season and that ranks sixth hmm. in the entire nfl sixth that's pretty good last year they were dead last so a nice improvement here and listen to these five teams ahead of the bears the third down conversion that's a winning stat right yeah, usually teams I'd, that have that they win games i'd, say, I'd assume buffalo buffalo kansas city chiefs philly philly okay I don't know after that. Cincinnati. Those, those three. Oh, Cincinnati. Bengals, okay, that makes sense. That makes and the sense. 49ers. So the five okay. teams ahead of them are all are right there. They're like the top, you know, the top teams contending yep. for, for the title. So the, the Cowboys are right below the Bears. So we're talking all these teams here. The Bears are in the same echelon as these great offenses. You know, 45% of the time they convert third downs. A lot of that's Justin Fields. His scrambling ability, keeping plays alive, doing it with his arm, with his feet. But again, it goes back to what we're talking about. Get this guy some talent around him. You know, this could be 
It's going to be a weird sentence. This could be one of the best offenses in the entire NFL next season because we saw him do it in a stretch here with, with Justin Fields. So, man, it's just a weird – like I said, the Bears suck this year. They're 3-10, and 10, but the future is so bright. Yeah, again, we said it at the top of the season. The worst <laughs> – it's not the worst thing in the world if the Bears prove that Justin Fields is the guy and they get a high draft pick moving into next year. Rolls into my comment here, my number eight. I think there are eight teams that you guys need to be concerned with in terms of draft position. And I'm going to go through that. Team one is the Texans. Texans have one and a half wins. They have a tie. So that's, you know, basically one and a half wins. They've got a tough schedule for the next three weeks. They're, They're not going to sniff a win unless, you know, something crazy happens. But they do play two divisional foes in the last two weeks. They play the Jags and the, and they play uh, the Colts to, to end the year. There's a, there's a potential there that you could see the, the Texans rattle off a couple of wins. I wouldn't count on it. I think they've got kind of the first overall pick kind of locked up, but at least think about the Texans in that way. There are a couple three-win teams that have the same number of wins as the Bears. That's the Broncos and the Rams. They've got some winnable games and they play each other. So that's important because one of them has to win. I suppose they can both, they can tie, uh, which would be great in, in some ways. But, yeah. uh, it, you know, one of them is going to win that game and, you know, that's going to move one of them out of that draft position. There are four win teams that if the Bears do win one of their final games, you'll have to worry about them. The Panthers, the Saints, the Jags, and the Cards. And I think the Cardinals have a lot of winnable games. That's the one I'm least worried about in terms of the of jumping the Bears in draft order. The Jags, I think, you know, they've got a good shot. They, you know, they've been up and down. Saints, you know, they play later tonight, and you know, they've been kind of in the same way. They've been up and down a little bit. Andy Dalton, right? Uh, Panthers are kind of dead in the water. I'd be worried about them. So if the Bears do win a game, you know, you you may have some tiebreak things. That's seven teams. Who's the eighth team? The Vikings. You got to worry about the Vikings here. So the Vikings, they are basically a game plus out of the number one seed right now. They're one game behind the Eagles, but the Eagles beat them. So they don't have the tiebreaker. So, and then the, for the two seed, they are like two games up on, on the 49ers. And then the NFC South divisional lead is, under 500 so they're not going to compete with with the vikings for the two seed so what you have to think about there is that if the vikings have no chance of losing the two seed or gaining the one seed when the bears play them in week 18 they're required to play the football game but they're not required to play their starters so they can sit all of their top-notch players they can run fullback dive 50 times. Uh, I'm sure Aaron would at least like that. But, you know, other than that, uh, you know, they don't have to do anything. They can just basically try to get out of there healthy. They can let the Bears win 50 nothing. They don't care. Right. And so in a way, if you want the high draft position and what, what good would it be for going up against the backups and winning that game anyway? But like if you want the high draft position, you want to at least have the Vikings playing for something. And so you, you need to kind of keep track of what the Vikings are doing as well, which means you got to also kind of keep track of the Eagles and the 49ers. So those are the teams that you got to think about. If the bears do lose their last four games, 
the worst that they can do is have the number three overall pick because the the Broncos and Rams play each other. I think it's very possible if they lose out that they'll have the number two overall pick. Um, if they win just one game, I think the worst that they can do is something like seventh or sixth or something like that. But it's probably not even going to be that low, given that some of these teams are going to win football games. Yeah. So I, I think that the reality is, if you want to cheer for the tank, fan how you want to fan. But at least those, those are the teams that you have to recognize. I'm still going to cheer for them to win football games, even if they're going to be double-digit underdogs here in the next few weeks. But I, I think that it's it's a real thing. It is a real thing that we're going to have to keep track of and look at. And the reality is it's not that necessarily you'd even use that pick. It could be that that pick is very valuable and you would trade out of it and you could have multiple players that you could take from a trade down that could then stock this roster with starting caliber players at all of the different positions that we've seen need competition. And so it is kind of important here at the last few weeks to see where this does settle out. Yeah. You talk about the draft position. I mean, it's, it's, it looks like Houston's going to have a quarterback first overall, unless they trade out of there and do something crazy to pick up a lot of picks and acquire guys, but quarterbacks going top. And then you, you got a couple really, really good defensive players there you know, that, that are going to be up there for the Bears to take. And both will be immediate starters for, for Chicago. Uh, Will Anderson, Jalen Carter. I mean, both these guys are, are right there. So you got to look at what other teams want quarterbacks. It's like a game Ryan Poles has to play. Can, can I trade back and get one of my guys? Is it a game you even want to play at all? I mean, is there enough depth where you kind of move back no matter what and, and still get quality? Um, it's going to be interesting. The draft's going to be fun. You know, the whole the whole offseason, seeing how they build this up. You know, we, you talked about all that money they have. Are they going to attack the interior D line and go edge in the draft? You know, there's there's some options here for them. So it's going to be fun. You know, the Bears are not going to be favored to win any of these games except for possibly the Viking game, like you said, if they're resting their starter. So it, it helps, uh, if you know, again, if you're looking for the tank, you know, it's it's probably going to happen regardless because – Eagles, Bills, Lions in Detroit, and Lions, that offense has been fantastic lately, and the Bears' defense can stop nobody. So they're going to put up a ton of points on, on the Bears and then the, the Vikes. So it's going to be a fun uh, fun, fun way to close out the season. Something to something to watch, something to track. Exactly. So, uh, well, let's, let's do talk about Justin Field. We already talked about a little bit. Let's get into the full Fields report here. 20 of 25 for 254 yards. One of his better passing days in terms of just the completion percentage numbers, how he looked. Did not have a touchdown pass and threw two interceptions. Now, both of those interceptions, I think you can kind of – you know, explain them away, but that's not how it works in the stat book. Uh, pretty poor route on the first one, second one, trying to force it in there, trying to make something happen with time running out. He added 71 yards on six carries, one of them for a touchdown, which was that amazing 55 wow. yarder that we're going to be watching. You know, add another one to the highlight reel, an absolutely just unbelievable run. Um, that really just, <laughs> I couldn't stop thinking about it. Uh, you know, just, just how great that was. They showed, I think like six replays because I think even the, the announcers were pretty impressed, but overall, what did you think of his performance in this game? I, I really think he's growing as a passer. I know a lot of, you know, people that just kind of look at the box scores, they, they still don't see it. They're just not watching the games. I mean, there, there were a few plays again that we've seen in the past. And then again, this game where he keeps his eyes downfield, he, he's scrambling. 
not to run because the situation dictates that he's scrambling to make a play with his with his arm and he's doing it. We saw the one uh, pass to Komet. We saw him do another one uh, uh, down the sideline to uh, Nikhil Harry. I mean, that was off a scramble. You know, he's looking to make plays again. Get this guy some talent. You know, and 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 maybe some of these guys on the roster may blossom. You know, I'm sure Chase Claypool will be here next year, regardless. Darnell Mooney's going to come back from injury. You know, but if you can find a couple other guys there that you really can count on, because, I mean, Byron Pringle did nothing in, in the game yesterday. He's really done nothing this whole season. Of course, he's had some injuries, but he's a free agent, so you're going to have to find someone else for that spot. Equinemius St. Brown had a nice deep play, but you talked about the interception. That was on him. You know, it was a, a sloppy route. It wasn't the best route, and even the corner from the from the Packers talked about it. Uh, we kind of knew based on his route what he was doing, and then he didn't come back to the ball so aggressively. So that's again, you can't explain away the pick because it's still on on Fields' stat line, but that's a play that a better receiver makes for Justin Fields. Yeah, Jair Alexander, I think basically said we made uh, Equinemius St. Brown play wide receiver. Oh, I think that was that was basically that comment that's there. A hor- oh, that's terrible. Uh, you know, Alexander was sitting on the route. He was kind of doing that all game and, you know, he got burnt once and then it paid off at the end there again. Uh, it is what it is. That's it's a, it's always tough when you throw interceptions. I think you, you put a little bit more blame on the wide receiver for that one. Um, but overall, I think, you know, the, the rushing was clearly tamped down. Like you said, they probably yes. came in with a plan and said, okay, the easy button can only be used four times, whatever it was, right? Like there was, there was clearly a, a conversation that said, you know, pick your spots. Once you use them, that's it. Like you, we, we can't, um, we can't run this guy 17 times like we have in the past. And that's, that's for the best. But I think that the passing numbers were great. I know it sounds weird, like zero touchdowns and in uh, two interceptions to, to say that, but I thought he was on point like that and taking chances too. I mean, 254 yards on 20 completions is pretty good. I mean, he took his shots too. So this wasn't just dump offs and behind the line of scrimmage stuff, which they called, right? Like there, there was some of that. They're trying to get, you know, Claypool going and all that. But uh, overall, I mean, I, I think it was one of his better games. And it's just a weird thing to say when it's it's two interceptions, right? He had a, over 100 passer rating until those interceptions late. You know, so, yeah. so he, he was looking good. He's right there. And you talk about a lot of those, those really quick ones to change Claypool. I think some of those, the timing just a little off on those. And that's part of it is they haven't played in, in, you know, just we only played together for about a month. You know, I think once, once they get those kinks worked out and once they have a full off season together, you know, once they have a chance, another, another season to work on a screen game, because Getsy comes from the Packers and the Packers have this, the most beautiful screen game of, of anyone. It's just, that's just, all, they've always done it well. A lot of it's, of, of course, Aaron Rodgers, you know, but we're seeing Justin Fields kind of has some of that same, the same moxie, some of the same stuff he's doing with his ball handling. So it's, it helps. So uh, again, next year, man, it's going to be fun. We talk, I mean, before we to break, make that point, I, I believe it was Rodgers that said at one point, an actual football thing and not some, I don't know, Ayahuasca or some crazy <laughs> conspiracy theory that he's into or whatever. Right. But like an actual football thing that I thought was insightful was that he said, that he and a lot of other quarterbacks will work on like one thing in the off season. They will like, they were, they're going to perfect one thing. And, you know, whether it's working on their footwork or whether it's, um, you know, the, the arm angle or the off platform stuff or whatever it is, like they really like focus in on trying to elevate one aspect of their game. And these guys are around for a long time. These established quarterbacks are around for a long time. And so you think about it, like, 
you know, Rogers has been playing 15 years, you know, he's been, he's almost 40 years old, right? Like he's, he's been around the game for a long time. These guys can stack these off seasons where they improve an aspect of their game. And Justin Fields takes that advice and he does that. He goes into the off season. He, and he, and he perfects some aspect of his game and you keep stacking those. You see, you're going to see improvement from him over the years. And so you already know that he has, the ability to have deep ball accuracy. You haven't necessarily had the guys running underneath it or, you know, um, enough of the play calls or the protection for there to be that, but you see, you saw a couple of them, this, this game, right? You know that he can make the plays with his legs that got unlocked. Great. That's the natural athletic part. Uh, and that helps unlock some of the intermediate throws. He's been nails on the inter- intermediate throws. He's been great, right? So maybe you add some of that screen game element, right? The, the shorter stuff, the, you know, the quicker processing. Maybe that's what really gets added in in the next offseason. And never know where, th- you know, you start adding more and more elements in. Defenses can't take away all that, yeah, right? And you can shift, you know, your game plan and you can you can add and, and subtract uh, to, to make something that works against whatever defense you're going against. And you can't be stopped, right? I mean, I... I don't want to draw a straight line and just say like this is this is going right up to to the Bills uh, potential or the the Eagles potential whatever but they're already scoring points before this and and so it's it's not crazy to me that they could they could really take off here with some additional talent so uh, quick break on the other side of this we'll get into everybody's favorite segment the three bears. All right, Lester, we're back. Let's talk three bears, hot bowl of porridge, cold bowl of porridge, and just right. Who did you identify for the hot bowl of porridge? I had a tough time this week for the hot because while there were some nice performances, nothing that really stood out. You know, I could have went with the old, uh, you know, pick a play or two. I mean, the play to Harry was was great down the sideline. You know, Justin Fields obviously had to run a couple of the really exciting plays. And but I don't want to just go Justin Fields and, and go that way. Um, no other guys, obviously defense had a couple guys that maybe you know, the Sanborn thing I could have went to, but it wasn't, you know, I think we're used to him getting t- uh, double digit tackles now and that's normal. So I can't go that way. So I'm going to go a little outside the box making here and I'm going to go hot Ryan poles because with the loss, it keeps uh, him closer to that top five draft pick. And we talked about it. Players don't tank coaches don't tank organizations can tank and you know he saw this team gutted dead cap space he knew they wouldn't win this year that's how he built it he built it with a bunch of replacement level players just to kind of get through this season because he knew the future was going to be bright for him so i gotta go ryan poles because i see his 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 vision here but now it's on him he's got to make sure he comes through and you know brings the right pieces in place and you know spends the money wisely drafts correctly if he doesn't do that, then of course the Bears are going back, you know, where they were. But, but I, I think Ryan Poles is sitting pretty good right now with what he sees uh, in the future. Yeah, I like that. I think that makes a lot of sense. Poles, like you said, you know, he told you what he wanted to do at the beginning of the year. We, you know, we we yeah. sat here and we said that too. I thought three wins sounded kind of ridiculous in terms yeah. of what the potential was. You know, Sports Illustrated comes out says Bears are only going to win three games. I oh come on, like they, you know, <laughs> they, they, they have three wins. You know, and then you get in the season and they got the wins early, and you're like, see, like they're yeah. gonna they're gonna blow past three wins. And now we're sitting here like three wins. Yeah, that's that's kind of where it's at. So I think that that's that is true. Like the, the GM can put a team in position where it says, we're not going to win a lot of football games. And that was necessary to a large degree to, to basically get 
away from all of the sins of the the ryan pace era and try to clear cap and all of that and so that really was what this year was it's a reset year but it's also an opportunity to learn about a lot of players and see where you're at i in a lot of ways this worked out perfect for him now maybe not a perfect offseason i think he would have done some things differently i think he would have made the move for amari cooper and you know he wouldn't have been chasing that which which ended up leading to trading for chase claypool right like i I mean i don't think that he would have done the same things and and larry ogajobi looks pretty good right i don't know that he would have maybe pulled the offer um if he if he would have known that the knee looks uh pretty decent uh over in over in pittsburgh but uh for me i i actually am gonna just go with the Nikhil harry catch he only ran like he, he was only on the field for like six plays. Right. Yeah. You know, very and, efficient. Very efficient. Yeah. Very efficient. <laughs> you know, yards per play uh, that he was on the field is pretty high for a wide receiver. There was a great catch. And, yeah. you know, the, in any time that I think he makes a play, I think that's got to feel good for him. Again, this is another first round pick that failed out in his first team. He's getting another chance. You know, he didn't get a lot of reps here. Um, I know that that's probably pretty disappointing for him. But if he continues to make plays, you could see them wanting him to be back in the building and see what a full off season can look like. And, you know, if he's your wide receiver five, right, receiver four or five or something like that, where, where he can come in and run those routes down the field and, you know, pair him with another big guy like Claypool. Right. I mean, you could see some things maybe, maybe developing off of that, but I thought that was just a great play. It's great to see. It's one of the highlights of the year so far. Uh, Nikhil Harry for me. I watched that play over and over because that was one of the plays that Alex Leatherwood was in the game for. And I was watching that play because I was grading this stuff out. And and as I was going you know, with, the, with the button for uh, rewind, it kept going back to the play and the replay. And he leaped up. He twisted his body. He fell, landed on his back, and he kind of just bounced back in a flip right back up. And was like, you know, I mean, he's a big dude, you know, and he just – Justin Fields talked about it. He's good at going up and getting it. The, the, there had always been some some fan chatter that maybe he he's a tight end in the future. I don't know. Maybe there's something here with him and and, and you kind of work to see what he is in, in a full off season and let the Bears coaching staff decide how to best use him because there's something there. I mean, he's a physical specimen, you know, he's, he's, he's fast. So maybe that's in his future. You're a big guy. I've, you know, I fellow offensive lineman. Could you, Picture yourself doing that kind of pirouette type in the air and then being able to bounce out of it in, in like the the amount of energy and athleticism that goes yeah. into something like that. It's unfathomable to me. Like, I don't understand how he is able to do that, but it was a really cool play. It was a cool. really cool athletic play. So what about on the other side? Who you got for the cold bolt porch this week? I could have gone a lot of different ways with this, but I'm going to do a collective to the pass rush because zero sacks, zero quarterback hits. Aaron Rodgers had a lot of time to look around and he was not very good. 18 of like 31, 100. Right. He was less than 200 yards passing. Chicago secondary, the 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 beat up secondary with, you know, Josh Blackwell back there and and you know, a bunch of uh, you know, undrafted guys, you know, they did pretty good. But the pass rush did nothing. If the pass rush would have gave anything this game, it's probably a win because, again, Aaron Rodgers just was able to sit back there. So they have no one on that D-line. There's not one player on this team that's going to be starting, I think, at D-line next year. Maybe Justin Jones, maybe. 
But I've got a feeling they're going to address three tech pretty aggressively, which puts him either to the bench or to the other tackle. And no one, there's no one on this D line that's going to be worthy of a starting spot next season. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I think that the best that you have is maybe defensive in three, right? Like I think one of those Travis Gibson or Dominique Robinson is going to be your third defensive end. I think you're going to get two new ones. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Al-Qadim Muhammad's going to be a one and done in Chicago. Yeah, I have no interest in bringing him back. Right. So I, I think that, yeah, that's a, uh, that's a good cold bowl for me. I already teased it earlier, but to me it's, it's getsy. Um, I don't, uh, I don't know what happened there. I don't know what happened. Sometimes I guess you can just kind of hit a cold spell with your play calling and just kind of lose yourself, but you had a real opportunity there. I honestly, I understand draft position, all that stuff. Like, you know, my brain understands that, but in terms of bears fans, bears fans don't always just think with their brain. I got to just, let's just put it that way. Right. <laughs> like they would gladly trade whatever draft position that they're, whatever draft capital they're going to sacrifice for a win against green Bay especially at home, especially potentially the last time that Rogers is coming there. Like you would, I, I would say that if you put a poll in the field in a hundred random bears fans, I would say you would get over 90% that would say, no, I'd, I'd rather have the win in a, in a meaningless season against green Bay. Cause it means a lot. It means a lot to the fandom and you had the opportunity, you had the momentum, you had the lead and what, for whatever reason you, you got scared Scared money don't make money. I already mentioned it. And to me, you deserve this cold bowl porridge, Luke Getzey. Well deserved. Yeah, that's that's another way to go for sure. You know, real quick about about uh, uh, Alkadim Muhammad. Did you see him on that uh, that jet sweep? Just completely bite inside, had no contain at all. I almost gave it to him again this week, just because of that one play there. It was just, uh, yeah, he, he's gone. You know, he's. Uh, I can't see him sticking around next season. What would you say you do here? Exactly, exactly. What's your just right? I'm going tight end Cole Komet. Six receptions, 72 yards. You know, again, he's looking good. His run blocking was decent. His pass blocking, the few times he was in, was okay. You know, he's, at some point, the Bears may think, man, maybe we should extend this guy. You know, he's probably on their list. I'm sure they have a list of guys they want to extend at some point. He may be on there. I mean, he's... Again, we we liked him. We've we've talked about him all season. He had a rough stretch there where he was like really bad. But, uh, you know, he seems to have settled in. You know, the Bears see who he is now. He's a a better uh, scheme fit for this offense. It's just easy to scheme him open and stuff. Yeah, he doesn't have the, the elite athleticism, but he's not slow. I mean, he can get down the seam and we saw him do a few a few things this season. Of course, he had the nice catch uh, a week ago or it was two weeks ago. Now I kind of forget, but, you know, his hands are decent, you know, and um, Cole Komet, six receptions, 72 yards. I want to see this every week out of Cole Komet. I had the same thing. See? It's uh, on seven targets, so very efficient. It's not like you, you got 15 targets and he only pulled down six of them, right? Like six out of seven uh, in terms of, of the percentage that he caught. That's great. Uh, 72 yards on six catches is great. Like there's nothing wrong with that. That's a very good tight end number. I, that's, that's what you want to see out of your guy, right? And like you said, we came into the year being very high on him because he was featured in camp and it was pretty, and he looked good. And it yeah. was like, hey, man, this is going to be the guy. We talked about it, and then, I don't know. And then first month of the year, we both felt like, okay, maybe we were maybe wrong. Not, yeah. Maybe maybe that was not a thing. Maybe uh, we got fooled, right? 
I think over over the long haul of the year, you get over those initial early bumps in the road with with the new offense and all that. We're going to look back. We're going to look at the stat line for the year and say, Cole Komet had a good year. This looks like a good, solid player and and someone that you want on your football team. You you know, maybe eventually you'd love to find the next Travis Kelsey. Sure. Who wouldn't want to find a Hall of Fame tight end? You know, but until that happens, until that opportunity presents itself, you got a good football player here. There's a lot of football players on this team that need to be backups that are put in starting roles, right? Like, so there's a lot of work to be done. Um, I think Cole Komet has proven that he is a building block for this offense going forward. There seems to be a true connection with Justin Fields as well. So I'm right there with you. Exactly what we would expect, six for 72. So uh, that's our show. What do you got to close out? Um, you know, it's just, uh, again, big picture. You know, it's the whole tank debate on online. It just annoys the hell out of me. Yeah. I just don't understand it because, like, first off, let people fan how they want to fan. You know, if you want to root for your L, that's fine. Do your thing. But there's, like, arguments and, you know, you know, how dare you want to see them win? Don't you understand? Yeah, people understand. I mean, we, we get it. We get the big picture. But like I said at the top, what I want to see happens does not affect the product in the field. So why would I root for a loss and then they win? And then am I mad? Am I sad? Come on. Just win the game. If you don't win the game, hey, that's fine because now the draft pick's still there. It's just really strange. You still got that half a pizza back in the hotel I still room. got that half a pizza, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, absolutely. Here's the thing. Um, I feel like it's 4.58 and I've got my bag packed and the car's running and we're heading to the airport and we're going to get away. Because you know what next week is? It's uh, a bye week. Bye. And that's going to be nice because it's week 14. It's a bye week for the Bears. It's a late bye week. Well, hopefully they get... Some things worked on. They're able to get some rest. You know what else that means is that you and I get to have some rest. So that'll be nice because we've been going at the rapid pace that we have been going for 14 weeks, 13 weeks. And so we, we, and you know, in August too, we were, we were hitting it pretty hard in August uh, at training camp and everything. So programming note, we will be off next week. We're going to take the bye week with the bears and we'll be back after the next game and we'll be, We'll we'll run out the rest of the year with you. Uh, be another four games after that. Um, but we will. I will get that uh, Portillo's gift card sent out. So make sure that you get in your entries for that. We'll stick around here for a little bit with the YouTube crowd. Uh, but until then, enjoy the bye week. Go do something for your mental health. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bear down.